0: Hello, hello, and welcome to another podcast episode. If you have a TPT shop or have considered starting one, you've probably heard about some of the issues that have arisen on the TPT platform regarding search issues, security concerns, and the acquisition of TPT by the IXL platform. And each of these can be super scary, which is why many teachers are running scared. They're fearful that their income is going to tank and that all of that hard work will be for nothing. So many have decided to add an e-commerce shop to their own websites in order to sell their resources. And if you've been listening to any of these conversations, one e-commerce solution is garnering a lot of attention in the teacher entrepreneur space, and that is WooCommerce. I personally have a WooCommerce shop. And it wasn't until I was going to begin setting up a Woo shop for a client that I reached out to my go-to tech guy, Grayson Bell, founder and CEO of iMark Interactive, with a couple of questions. As soon as I mentioned that I was looking at creating a WooCommerce shop for this particular client, he dropped a bomb on me when he said, To be honest, Woo is such a terrible e-com system, I wouldn't recommend it for anyone anymore. To say I was shocked would be a gross understatement. So after recovering from that startling revelation, I knew I had to ask if he'd be willing to come on the podcast and share his insight, reasoning, and suggestions for teacher entrepreneurs. With over 18 years of experience in the blogging and e-commerce space himself, he focuses specifically on helping bloggers just like you and me with all the scary tech stuff that can go wrong behind the scenes. And trust me when I tell you that if the tech side of starting a blogger website scares you, then this is the guy you want in your corner. So he is here today to share all of his insight regarding WooCommerce and which e-commerce solution is going to be the best for teacher entrepreneurs just like you and me. So if you're ready, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, and let's do it. Welcome to the Classroom Exit Strategies Podcast, a podcast for teachers who are thinking about leaving the classroom or starting a side hustle to grow into a self-sustaining business. My name is Jennifer Holt, and I'm here to provide you with strategic action steps designed to help you lead the classroom on your terms. Hi, Grayson, and welcome to the Classroom Exit Strategies podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I am so excited to jump into this because there has been so much talk in the teacher entrepreneur space about creating e-commerce shops. And the one every teacher is looking to add is WooCommerce. And I reached out to you back a few weeks ago because I was planning to start a huge WooCommerce creation project. And you said, and I quote, to be honest, Woo is such a terrible e-com system. I wouldn't recommend it to anyone anymore. So obviously this stopped me in my tracks. So if you don't mind, would you share a little bit about what you do and why listeners need to listen to this information when everyone else is saying something totally different.
1: Yeah. So uh, I've been working inside of WordPress since 2004, basically a year after it was launched. Uh, I do tech support for a lot of websites. This includes e-com websites and uh, just general bloggers. And so we do a lot of technical diagnosis, fixes, and stuff like that. So we kind of see these things firsthand. I've been doing this For a long time, full time for 10 years. And then many years before that, and in my own little blogs and, and the, The WordPress world. So I have some experience inside of WordPress.
0: I would venture to say you have more than just a little bit of experience. And it's because of that extensive knowledge and your work with bloggers and website owners that lets me know that if you say don't do something, then I definitely don't want to recommend it or encourage others to use it. So that begs the question, why did you say that WooCommerce is a terrible e-commerce system?
1: Well, because WooCommerce was Kind of like built as a WordPress should have some type of e com capability. And really, its core functionality is quite lacking. It doesn't provide a very uh, good user experience for a buyer. Mm-hmm. It uh, needs a lot of plugins in order to have that experience. What most people don't realize is that you might start with WooCommerce plugin, but then you're going to end up with maybe like 25 other plugins to do some certain things that you might want to do. This is where a lot of people get into trouble. So most WooCommerce shops that we might start with like three plugins and by the time they get full functionality some of them might have 30 40 we have some that we see with 90 because they want all these different things and all this does is it just adds a lot of complexity woocommerce doesn't develop all these plugins these are done by third parties so if they're not keeping up with woocommerce then they're falling behind now i will say about my my comment you can use woocommerce people do it all the time but you have to actually know what you're doing you can't just blindly jump into it because there are a lot of things going on in woocommerce remember you are taking credit cards, you are taking people's information. This is a big security thing. You can't just take it and go everything's fine. Uh, WooCommerce is now one of the number one hack things in WordPress because it has all this good data in it that hackers want. It doesn't mean that WooCommerce is easily hackable, but typically they get through one of the many WooCommerce plugins. And you can see this if you ever follow any security blogs and stuff like that, that post this information. There's almost always something in there regarding a WooCommerce extension. One just happened yesterday from a WooCommerce created extension. It's a big one. They actually had to force updates to as many blogs as they personally could because it was like half a million, half a million sites on this plugin. So it happens. Now, if you like the full functionality and uh, customization options in WooCommerce, It could be good for you. Often people need some developer designer to go much further because the out of the box features are pretty limited. So I think there are other options out there, especially if you're going to be using a blog. And here's where a lot of people get in trouble. They use a blog and they want to create content and they want to share, you know, like lesson plans, all this kind of stuff. And they want to have a shop on top of it. It's when you start adding in the shop with the content and the blog is when you really start getting in trouble because you have plugins for this over one feature over here. And then you have plugins to do this over here. So we recommend if you do want to use WooCommerce, you just separate it. It's going to be on like maybe a subdomain uh, where, you know, like shopmydomain.com instead of where your blog main website is, because then you can contain its madness.
0: That makes total sense. And that's actually what I told my potential client that day. I made the suggestion to her. I said, okay, so if you do want to do this, you might consider creating basically a new site with a different domain and just adding shop after your name. So like in my case, it would be happyteachermama.shop.com, And so I encouraged her to potentially look into the idea of getting an additional URL. And basically, this would negate any potential plugin conflicts within the blog and then also within WooCommerce. So the idea being, just like what you said, that if you do have an incident with a plugin, that it won't affect your blog and your shop. So that leads me to my next question, which is based on what you're saying about a subdomain versus a different URL, is there a better one to choose or is there one that's better than the other or does it even matter?
1: Uh, So they're uh, treated the exact same way. That's a new version of uh, it's a different WordPress install. The only reason why we typically recommend subdomains because it keeps your branding somewhat consistent, right? They see shop.whatever or store.whatever instead of a completely different domain. And typically subdomains, you don't have to pay for. You can just use it because it's part of your, it's an extension of your domain. So you don't have to go buy another domain. If you want to keep the branding the same, let's be honest, most people don't even recognize, look at the domains anymore.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh, you're exactly right. People are just like, yeah, okay, it looks the same. I'm good. I'm in the same place. So if people do want to build a WooCommerce shop, then definitely they need to look into the subdomains main route. But let's say someone is like, "Ah, you know what, after hearing you talk about this, I'm a little unsure about the whole WooCommerce thing. What other options are out there? And what would you suggest for teacher authors who want a shop on their own website or on their own blog?
1: So there are several. So inside of a um, inside of WordPress itself, you can do something like uh, there's a newer one called SureCart, which um, is built by uh, a person that's been in the WordPress space for a long time, and they're doing some crazy amounts of expansion with it. And I I actually am using it on my own site. I'm switching over because it just it just works, and it's more of a software as a service. It's not although it's a plugin, it's connecting to their like interface and pulling data in. So their system is well, I run I run my credit cards through Stripe, so Stripe is the one that processes those credit cards, but their system's a little bit better. So you not you don't have to jam on a lot of plugins for it. So it's it's nice. Easy digital downloads is another one. Uh that's actually what we use currently on our site because I didn't want the full like WooCommerce package. Now, this also has some downsides to it. It's it's pretty rigid in what you can do with it because it's for downloads. I mean, it's what it's for. It does work, but you know, you often will have to get some plugins for it if you want to get into like pushing people over to email marketing and all that kind of stuff, which obviously is, is is a good idea. And then there are others outside of WordPress, which you might go, ah, why would I do that? I'm going to have to do all this other kind of stuff. The beauty about this is that you can actually like link to these products inside of your WordPress Site. If you want to make a like a like a shop page, you can link to these because they're all in a separate page. Uh, Shopify is a big one. Uh, that's probably the biggest one that people will hear about. We have a lot of people that use this. Many people have moved over from Woo over to Shopify, and they ended up loving it. It's just a much better experience for their customers. And we've actually seen a lot of people seeing a bigger uh, order value, uh, more checkouts because there's less potential issues because that's all Shopify does. That's what it's for. They also have a Shopify starter, which is only like $5 a month. And you can link to a checkout of the product from your own site. So you can build like a shop. And when they click add card or buy, they buy on a Shopify hosted checkout. So you're reducing the craziness of needing all the WooCommerce stuff and just literally paying like five bucks a month for a Shopify checkout process, which makes life easier. Yeah. Shopify has that option. Uh, SureCart is uh, is is free. Uh, you could get a pro version, which is like 90 bucks a year, I think. It's relatively cheap. It adds some abilities to do uh, more upsells and stuff like that. I haven't actually played with that version. I've seen the features. Um, I probably will be getting that myself, but there are other things like SendOwl, Equid, Big commerce, these are also options as well, which you can do it. The one thing that I would like to tell people, and they often forget about, is that when you're dealing with your own store, you are required to figure out if you have to pay sales tax on some of these. There are many states that require sales tax on digital downloads. Also, you get into the VAT issue in the European Union if you, anybody buys anything from outside the United States, which you don't I mean you could control that if you wanted to. You could stop them from buying it, but you then have to get into a whole another tax issue of VAT. It's a nightmare. So like some of these services do this for you. They kind of calculate it for you and and do all that kind of stuff. And then the other side of it, which a lot of people don't think about these systems like uh TPT, they are basically marketing for you. They've already built the entire system. You're now going from scratch, unless you have a very loyal base, which will follow you over, you should have stuff in both places. Like when I was doing e com, I, I ran an electronics ecom store for four years I put my stuff everywhere I could I put it on Amazon I put it on uh, like Best Buy used to have a marketplace they might still do uh, Walmart had it you know like I put it everywhere I could uh, plus my my website because you never know where you're gonna get the the buyers coming from so you gotta you gotta spread it around
0: I agree with that wholeheartedly because the thing many people don't think about when they are considering starting a shop on their own site is just the massive amount of traffic that TPT gets and yes I know that at that point you are competing with a lot of other others who are selling similar products, but just the amount of traffic itself is going to be exponentially larger than what you are most likely going to have on your blog, especially if you're just starting out. Yeah. And then when you add calculating sales taxes and all of that, that can lead to a total disaster.
1: It really can, especially I mean right now, you know, each state can have its own separate and then, you know, they go they go down to like county level and stuff like that. Like when I was doing this, they didn't have like the tax jars, like tax jars, a, a service where th- it would kind of do it for you. Guy like had to have sales tax IDs in all these places and all these counties and all like it was uh, a nightmare. Like the end of the year was one of the worst times. Uh, <laughs> actually, I guess every quarter at that point in time, it was, it was one of the worst times. But like, yeah, you, you know, it's the same thing. People make the same argument about Etsy. They're like, you know, Etsy takes a huge cut and they do, but they are a marketing machine. They've already built out all that kind of stuff. And then when a lot of people move over to their own website and take everything off Etsy, they see a, a dramatic. Decline in sales because you shouldn't just pull it all off, let it run as it does over there, especially if you're running like digital downloads. I mean, like it kind of runs itself and then you build out and create your audience over here where you can have a better price control, you can have you know, a higher like profit margin, all that kind of stuff.
0: Absolutely. So what about the individual that's maybe listening right now and possibly they have paid a designer to create a WooCommerce shop for them and maybe the designer did it right and that's amazing or maybe the designer didn't do it right but maybe they just don't really know. Do you have any suggestions for how someone might move forward from that or what they might want to do next?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, that, that's kind of hard because, I mean, there are designers that do it well and, you know, they try to keep it limited. I guess it really comes down to like how many times you run across issues when you're like updating WooCommerce or uh, some of its third-party plugins. If you don't, make sure like the number one thing you should have if you're going to be doing WooCommerce or WordPress in general is a solid backup system that is backing up stuff off-site because you will run into issues. It doesn't matter how good the, the setup is done. No matter, I mean, I've been doing this for a long time. Everyone has this. I mean, even my own sites, you know, like a, a plugin will push out something and it just fails. I mean, like it breaks everything. You got to know how to roll it back. So that's the number one thing that I would recommend. Uh, if you're gonna do WooCommerce, make sure you have a good host because you need you need you're gonna need that fast hosting, and then make sure you have some type of backup system in place because. Those are the two most important things that you can have when you're doing uh, WooCommerce or WordPress in general. And then, really, if you had a designer, go ask questions. Ask questions about it. Say, you know, how, like, what's the security? Like, what kind of security do I have here? Are all these plugins necessary? Look over your plugins, see what they're all doing. It can be sometimes hard to find, but look through your plugin list and see which is all connected to WooCommerce and if they're actually necessary. Because sometimes people will put in plugins to do something that could be done with code at a lot lighter pace. It might just be like a simple. Change and they can use code instead. So you might just have to ask the designer, hey, can you switch this for something else? Is it like really just ask questions? I think that's the easiest way to do it. You just need to ask questions. If you do need like really extensive help, we you know we do provide this type of service, so you can like reach out, but we would recommend that you just ask, especially if you already paid a designer, ask questions. You've already you're already in a service agreement with them, or you were at some point in time. So you just ask questions.
0: I could not agree with this more because the thing about questions is the reason that you are asking them is to get more information. If you are not understanding something or you don't know where to go to get the answer, go back to the designer or the person who helped you create your website and just ask questions just exactly like Grayson said. So I know you mentioned hosting and backups. Can you give us a little bit of information about some of the best options for those two things? And then actually, if you would add one more, and that would be security, because I know that's a big issue, especially like we talked about before with WooCommerce and just a blog in general.
1: Yeah, for uh, for hosting, I mean, gosh, there are so many. Uh, you know, we're we're fans of Big Scoots. Uh, funny name, great service. <laughs> um,
0: that have, should be their tagline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny
1: name, <laughs> great service. They have they have a really good support support that you probably won't see with most hosts. Uh, they're not they're not cheap so you get what you pay for type thing uh, backups we always recommend some type of off-site backup we uh, are fans of blog vault but they're I mean even uh, WordPress our woocommerce ecosystem has jetpack backups which is off Securi has backups which do it uh, you could even use a plugin called updraft plus which can push backups to like a Google Drive account or uh, Amazon or whatever wherever you want to store your backups anything that gets it off the server and somewhere else just in case and then security that's a tough one because you have to play this like game with WooCommerce. You got to be able to let people uh, check out. One of the big things that we're seeing right now with WooCommerce is that a lot of card skimmers are throwing orders in. So they're, they've are they stolen a bunch of credit cards and they go to WooCommerce shops and they do card checking. They're basically throwing in orders at a fast pace and checking to see if the card actually passes validation because they do it on very low value, low priced items. So digital downloads is a huge one that's getting hit right now. So uh, like a Google re- captcha setup where they have to validate or something like that even putting on cloudflare which is a free like cdn security system uh, your website would run through cloudflare so it sees all the traffic and then you can put on like bot protection which will kind of slow that kind of stuff down and then there are other ones like a plugin like Wordfence is a probably the most popular you can put that on and you can kind of lock down certain things make sure for admins or anybody that's not like a subscriber because uh, woocommerce puts people in at the subscriber role level, which is the lowest that you can go. Anybody up higher than that, if you have an editor, an author a contributor or even admins should have like two-factor authentication on there, which usually it can be with WordFence, it's Authenticator app, Google Authenticator, whatever. Use something like that. And then make sure your host, which if you have big security, you can ask them, make sure your host has uh, the correct security headers on the server. They would do that kind of thing. You don't do that thing inside of WordPress. Obviously, anything now that gets started already has HTTPS. So you know it's kind of a necessity. And then make sure you don't have easy passwords for your admins or yourself. Don't use a, a a really easy or the name of the website for your username. Always, always have uh, something. Other than like admin or administrator, we see really easy like people have really easy passwords uh, that can get they can get hacked quite easily. Outside of a vulnerability and a plugin, brute force hacking is the number one thing that happens. Is they just they can just shoot a bot to your page and just go nuts on it and, until they figure it out. So those are the, I mean those are like the quickest and easiest wins.
0: While I am one hundred percent not about scare tactics, I think that it's really important that we understand as business owners what vulnerabilities might be out there and what we can do to prevent them and be proactive in how we address some of these things. So can you tell listeners some of the things that you and the team at iMark Interactive offer that would be helpful to them?
1: Yeah, so uh, we do We have monthly support packages that we provide if people want to have like a tech team behind them and we're keeping things updated and secure. We also have ad hoc services where it's not required to have a monthly contract. It's more of you know you come in, you ask for help. We can look over your your woo uh, setup to see if there's anything that might be a little abnormal. We can check over security and kind of set up the basics for you. And if you have some customizations that you might need done or you know some changes that you might need, we can look at that as well. And we can help you if you want to think about moving to another. Cart or another system. We can kind of guide you into what might make sense for you based off of like volumes that you're doing. So we have kind of like a consultant role, but we also do the development side and the work as well. And then one more thing that I wanted to th- say about security, which is really important that a lot of people forget about make sure, make sure, make sure that your payment systems that you use, which is usually going to be Stripe or PayPal for most people, are two-factored as well. Your logins to Stripe and PayPal, because a lot of people forget about that. And if they get in there, then you're in deep trouble because then you're liable for the fraud that happens. And that's another thing that a lot of people don't think about, Even if you're a business, and this is just going to be for general, make sure you have a good business insurance policy, like for real. Like it's, this doesn't have to do with just taking payments and stuff like that. Business insurance is something that most people do not think about, but it will save you if something happens with your site getting hacked or somebody stealing credit cards. Because even if you're not responsible, you can get pulled into a lawsuit and it can get very expensive. Trust me, I've been there. So it's just one thing that I will not do without anymore is business insurance. (laughs) I got pulled into a lawsuit uh, in in my consumer electronics business. Someone got hurt with an electronics item that I sold. I wasn't the manufacturer of it. So because I was in the supply chain, I got pulled into the lawsuit. Now, I didn't get in trouble for it, but that, it cost me money that I didn't have and and a lot of time. So I learned, I was like, wow, I didn't even think about that I could be pulled into a lawsuit when I just sold the product. And it was like you going to Best Buy buying something and it was a, maybe a Sony product and something happened. Sorry, Sony. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, and then you pull in Best Buy and Sony type thing. So I, I won't make that mistake again. I've run several businesses and, you know, like um, I always try to keep my funds separate from each other, you know, like business structure set up, uh, business accounts set up, business credit cards, anything that is tied to the business gets its own little world. They're easy changes you can make. It doesn't take that long. And while, you know, it might be a little bit of a pain, it's better in the long run because you can separate yourself from your, your business. And that's what is important. Yeah, there's a lot of facets to it, especially when you're in the e-com game. Um, so you know, I, I try to go, and I want to. I don't want to seem like I'm bashing WooCommerce. It's just uh, I have a lot of experience in it. Obviously, it's a very popular platform, and it has its people that really love it. I just kind of fell out of love with it. I, I just saw so many issues with it. Now, again, people use it, and they use it successfully. So I can't say that. It's just there are inherent risks with depending on what you need it to do.
0: <laughs> yes, and like you said, back in the day, it was the best thing out there. But we have come a long way since then. There have been advancements in the e-commerce yeah. world and the e-commerce platforms. And they are seeing what isn't working in WooCommerce coming up with solutions and creating more diversified platforms and platforms that play well with others as opposed to having to have so many plugins to make all the things work. And I think that is what is so important for us to talk about and realize. And I just want to thank you for all of the insight and all of the fantastic information that you have provided. And this is definitely not the last time that I'm going to have you on the podcast. So thank you again.
1: It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to the Classroom Exit Strategies podcast at happyteachermama.com. I'm your host, Jennifer Holt, and I look forward to serving you in the next episode.